Hello, Scotty. Hello, Mr. Fox. How are you in happy daylight saving hours to you? Oh, my God. Somebody who ever invented that should be shot. Wasn't that a wartime thing? I think it was. I don't care if there was a war going on. Supplies of energy were, were limited. It is, you know, it has made life difficult for people hundreds of years in the future. Whoever decided that or whatever, 80, 90 years. Well, only software developers, really. Oh, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, we have. I think this is the worst time of year because we haven't changed yet. We don't change for another two weeks. Mm. So now everything is seven hours out instead of eight hours out. So all of my normal time that I do things with um, people from the U.S. are now different. And uh, I keep missing meetings because I suddenly realize I should have been in a meeting 10 minutes ago when I would normally be, you know, later but there we are and i quite like daylight saving i like the extra light in the summer the the talk in the uk is to just stay on daylight saving and not switch back yeah that sounds like a good idea well speaking of of formats that can potentially cause problems for you not just in in the world of software development but in your actual life say for example you were taking an exam to prove or disprove your competence in the italian language because you're applying for a passport and the mechanism for retrieving your eventual score is a combination of a number that they give you and your birth date but then you notice that your birth date has its day and months switched because even though you were in the United States filling out the form on the web and you just kind of reflexively did it by by you know month day instead of day month you then discover with your horror that that has changed but that they give you a mechanism for correcting it but at least you take note of the fact so that if you try to retrieve it in one of your tries should one fail before they kill your your attempts for for incorrect password too many times at least you know that 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 is another possibility (sighs) or of course the u.s could just do it the proper way like the rest of the world do. well if we could also use the metric system (laughs) anything anything else you'd like to suggest (laughs) we might give democracy a try every now and then as well (laughs) (laughs) just just give it a go Uh, yeah, it's uh, the whole month day. Um, I don't know who else uses. I'm sure other people than the US use it, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, I guess I guess it sort of makes sense. You, if you'd say what's the day today, you say January twenty. It does make sense. March fourteenth, yeah. or rather the fourteenth March. But it's yeah, it's just like it's there is just no logic. When it comes to looking at it logically, it just doesn't work. Well, the um, reality is, is the best the best one is year, month, day, because it, it, it's descending precision. And very sortable. Exactly. That's why I was very happy to be able to use it a million years ago. Um, with partial... But there we are. So does this, does this mean you don't know yet if you've passed your Italian exam because you're unable to access the results? Well, the results aren't even going to be available for, for a couple of months. They, they were going to postpone the test because it's actually administered from the University for Foreigners in Perugia, Italy. Um, and so they, they had originally pushed it off because all of, you know, at the time when they made the original push off, it was only the area around Milano that had been shut down. But now the entire country is shut down. And I guess it, since that is the place where they have the highest concentration of foreigners, including large numbers of Chinese students in, in more recent years, I guess there was extra fear and extra paranoia that they may have been traveling back or may have been in the areas, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I've had, uh, I mean, both yourself and, um, me, myself, and I, and you, and whatever combination of those you wish is to be correct. Um, we're going to be speaking at uh, the App Builders Conference in Lugano um, in Switzerland in May. And you're saying, well, why is he saying this? But actually, the best airport to fly into um, to go to Lugano is 
Milan or Milano because um, it's about 20, 30 miles across the border. But of course, um, yeah, that whole area of Italy, that's the worst area of Italy currently hit by the coronavirus and uh, in shutdown. So um, the conference has interestingly decided to become a remote conference um, and uh, they're still trying to work out the best way of doing that. Um, so I'm interested to see how that works and works out. But, uh, of course, I'd already booked flights and everything, being the efficient person I am. <laughs> normally, I, normally I book flights about three days before. This time I got it organised. Um, and I was trying to work out, oh, how do you, how do you, um, you know, get refunded flights when you're doing this way? But uh, fortunately for me, um, British Airways cancelled all my flights automatically this week, <laughs> mm. saying they weren't going to make those flights into Milan anymore. Um, would I like a refund? So that all sort of worked out okay on that bit. <laughs> Hmm. Wow. So, I mean, they're canceling completely or just for the foreseeable future, what are they didn't say? No, um, I think BA fly into Milan, um, and I think this, I think this is um, pretty common at the moment, BA fly into Milan four times a day, and they're now reducing it to one flight a day. I see. Oh, so it's just the, your specific yeah. number. All right. And so my flight, my flight was canceled, and uh, they offered to uh, reschedule me on the other flight or give me my money back. Um so that's that's convenient. Uh, unfortunately, myself and my wife were supposed to take a train trip from um, Lugano across Europe to Paris. Uh, but um, I think we'll end up just going to Paris now, assuming Paris isn't closed down by May, which it could well be, of course. So I'm mm. holding off on booking flights for that one at the moment. Although I have the flight home when I'm ready. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I might not be there, but I'll have a flight home. <laughs> Your presence on the exit. But anyway, yeah, the interesting thing is going to be to see how a remote conference works, because lots of people have been speaking about, um, you know, obviously lots of conferences have been cancelled. Um, Google I.O. is cancelled and Facebook's F8 is cancelled. And I think the the big game developer conference that goes on in San Francisco has been postponed, I think they said, until until the fall. Um, obviously, we don't know about WWDC yet because Apple have the massive advantage of if you don't announce a conference, you don't have to cancel it, which mm. is a fairly <laughs> fairly good strategy, really. <laughs> so, so we we never cancelled a conference ever. We just didn't announce it. Um, but people are obviously a lot of vibe going on the web about whether Dub Dub would work as a remote a remote conference. So, um, interesting. It's going to be an interesting time to see what happens this year. It's a good time for video chat apps, I guess. Yeah, there was lots of discussion about. It. I think the reality is is you know for so many people the 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 chance to visit is and hang out and, and have these, you know, happenstance encounters is, is very, very important. And the other thing is labs. I mean, I think that you can, you can do kind of one-on-one lab things. Um, and I think, you know, as, as some, some colleagues of mine are saying, you know, people build their whole lives at Apple around dub dub in terms of, of making their presentations ready and getting their, whatever it is near their new APIs ready for consumption. And it's like, it seems impossible to believe that they're not going to do something. You know, they're not going to just like, eh, you know, we're not even doing anything. It's just the, it, how it's going to happen is is to be unveiled. And, but well, I, they're going to have to do something because they've got new APIs to unveil. Right, but right. whether it's dubbed up, I mean, someone made a good point on one podcast I was listening to that you know we you know, for those of us who attend dubbed up regularly, it's like, whoa, how can the world go on without dubbed up? Um, but the reality is, let's say, you know, Dub Dub is only 5,000 people. Let's mm. say you know, that the whole subculture around Dub Dub has grown over the last 10 years. So let's say another 5,000 people go to um, uh, San Francisco or now San Jose to be around the community. Um, you know, that's 10,000 people out of, you know, 
I think was it uh, two million registered Apple developers now, mm. or, or something. So you know, there was made the the comment: if if what if all of the time and effort and resource that goes into DubDub, um, Apple put into something else like um, manning and staffing de- uh, forums developer apple dot com or wherever it is, you know, with with more engineers. So mm. instead of having engineers in the labs, sometimes they had a basically a constant engineering presence on on the forums so that, you know, it maybe even made it that only engineers could answer questions on the forum. So if you went there and saw an, an answer, it was an official Apple answer. Mm. Um, making videos of all the sessions in the sample code, you know, which they do make available so everyone gets that. So it was interesting that although Dub, not, not having DubDub will be very sad for those of us who love it as an event, it might be an opportunity to, for Apple to actually make the overall developer experience about around a release actually better hmm. could very well be i'm much more concerned about the important things that go on like you know will there be a breakpoints concert my guess is is <laughs> <laughs> yes because the world without breakpoints is not a world at all pretty much yeah but who knows i mean i haven't even talked about it. i'm like you know pulling this out of my ass but you know if, if everything's going to be live streamed then why not do a concert live stream live from apple park well, there wouldn't be the need to live stream, would they? They could. Um, they, I'm, I'm guessing they would video everything in advance and just release it. Reveal them. Um, if only uh, there was know, a company. They maybe in the world. do a, maybe do a sort of like a press only keynote, and then maybe do a live stream State of the Union, yeah. and then as soon as the State of the Union finished, just blat, that was it. All of the, um, all, all all of the products were released. Uh, the videos were released online, and for the next you know week or two weeks. Um, the the Apple developer forums were staffed with literally thousands of engineers to answer questions, um, and then after the two weeks, you know, just the general, you know, that became that became the place where you dealt with it, um, and it became a place that you could trust and, and um, you know the answers of quality in there. I, I actually think that's not a bad idea personally. I quite like that as an idea. Well, Scotty likes his own idea. News at 11. <laughs> it wasn't my idea. I said I've heard this somewhere else. I'm not sure where it was. I'm not taking credit for it. All right, fine. I just said I quite like it. Okay, I mean, all right, I mean, fine. If it turns out and it's great and everyone loves it, of course I'll claim it was mine for the rest of the days. <laughs> but I, I've got to, got to allow some buffer here in case it turns out to be a pile of shite. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of pile no, of <laughs> shite, yeah, carry on. No, that's kidding. <laughs> How oh. is money well doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just had to go there, didn't you? Um, it's going okay. It's it's the we're beginning to get ready now to um, uh, start a, a sort of an early beta program. So we have to work out how to get people on board for that. What sort of um, screening we do? You know, you want uh, uh, we you know, getting the right people on early is quite important, and that's not necessarily the most vocal people. It's you know the people who are going to um, be testing the things we need to be tested. So we're beginning to, to look into that. The actual development of it's going well. We're still a, quite a way off, um, but um, syncing is going well. And um, still at this moment in time, uh, very happy with our decision to use Google Firebase. It's working out um, pretty well. And I think because we've basically written our own uh, sync stuff that's very specific to Moneywell, we don't have to, there's, you know, we don't have to write loads and loads of code you know so they went when say when drew mccormack was writing ensembles he had to write a sync system that just worked with any database you threw it in um we we write very uh specific code for syncing money well 
data. Um, in fact, we um, uh, we generate the code that does the syncing from the classes, and we have uh, flags on classes, and then there's a, uh, we use a code generator. Um, and so all of the code to export and import uh, certain database records is all generated. So if we add a new... Uh, a new field to um, the database or our structure, it will automatically get built in with the next compile so that we're not going to miss stuff and accidentally do it. And it, it's working pretty well. Now, I'm going to be totally honest, we haven't um, really done um, massive amounts of work on the conflict resolution yet, um, and that is um, tricky both technically and equally from a design point of view because... Um, you know, it, I, I guess it can depend on the app. So I would say if your app is dealing with data that is, you know, unimportant, uh, if there is such a thing, then just having a, you know, an automatic um, conflict resolution system that just makes its best choice and if it gets it slightly wrong, it doesn't really matter. It is a is probably the best user experience because you don't really need to get the user involved. Um, we're dealing with financial data, so best guess may not be always the right thing to do but really you know how easy is it to phrase a data conflict in a way that makes sense to to an end user that they're going to still make a better decision than we maybe could have done behind the scenes with using using logic and so we're still i mean i'm quite a lot about how we uh, how we handle that. Sometimes it's obvious if, if you've deleted a transaction on one device and edit it on another, then the, you know, the delete takes precedent. You, 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 you know, this is a single user system. You chose to delete it. It's gone type of thing. You know, maybe you can restore it later um, through some other method. But sometimes, you know, if you've changed the same field twice on um, uh, different devices, you know, if it's the name of something, maybe just having the last one wins is fine. If it's the value of the transaction, maybe that's not so fine. So I think we still have quite a lot of work to do in conflict resolution. Um, but I suspect with that one, we're going to probably make a bunch of decisions. And then when we um, hit beta, we'll have lots of people tell us how we've made the wrong decisions possibly. <laughs> was, <laughs> have was to change that, it, so we'll have to see. Was that message that just arrived, somebody telling you that you've made the wrong decision? No, that was uh, probably someone. Um, you, you really want to know this, and I don't. You? I'm going to have to tell you what the message was just arrived. Um, <laughs> My father, the Nigerian yeah. oil minister. <laughs> no, that was the, yeah, yes, yeah. That was that was my wife um, telling me to not hang out with strangers. <laughs> That's very good. To know. <laughs> too late now. <laughs> yeah, and dodgy, dodgy men. To which mm. I've said sorry. Too late. Yes, there we are. Mm. Yeah. So, um, although Moneywell is making good progress, I think yeah you know, we've been doing a lot of work in Moneywell. That's and it, and it's maybe not felt like it's progressing very much to us because a lot of the work we've been doing is non UI work. Um, or that's not true. We've been doing a lot of UI UI work and a lot of data work, but the two weren't necessarily connected. And over the last week or two, we've been beginning to connect up the UI to the data engines and the stuff going on. So now. When we run the app, we actually are seeing real transactions. Um, uh, the importer has made good progress that I was speaking about last week and a couple of weeks ago. So um, now we can import uh, Moneywell 3 documents, which means we you know, are more often using uh, Moneywell with lots of data in it as opposed to just a couple of bits in it that um, 
we maybe were doing before we had a data importer, uh, which even though, you know, it, it's, it's almost a totally false um, uh, thing, it makes, you know, using the app with lots of data in makes it feel like it's further forward than maybe it did a week ago when we weren't seeing lots of data in it, even though the amount of code we've written to show extra stuff in this last week maybe was like great and it was already there. So it's felt like we've made better progress, and um, and that's a good feeling because it was feeling like we were getting a little bit bogged down. So I think uh, the mental attitude to where you are in development um, is probably just as important as how much progress you're really making. Well, I'm glad some progress is, is in the world, and that you've you've you know perfected the art of conflict resolution, and we can unleash you into the world to, to bring about peace. <laughs> anyway, would me. you like to? There's, a, there, there's very few places I go, and people like, people say the outcome of that was peace. Yeah, really? Could you imagine? Like, did you really mean to to, to delete this border? <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you mean <laughs> to send these tanks in we're removing them <laughs> yeah there we are there we are so um yeah and uh the other thing i've been playing with this week is i think we well, i think i spoke about this before um briefly as well as um setting up resetting up our ci system uh continuous integration set one up a a long time ago uh using an xcode server and then we totally abandoned the um, repository we were using for Moneywell and had the CI against and hadn't set it back up. Uh, and we were beginning to find um, a couple of things um, slipping in, to uh, you know, warnings slipping into the build, um, particularly from we have uh, currently inside our Moneywell project, we have four product targets. We have um, Moneywell um, uh Mac App Store version of Moneywell, a direct version of Moneywell. Uh, we have Moneywell Express, which is an iPhone application for um, viewing your data and just adding some data, but it's just like it's like a companion application. And then uh, Moneywell for iPad, which is a full version of Moneywell. Now, they're all on different sort of like um, release trajectories, but they're all in one Xcode project um, with four targets and different settings for what gets built. Um in fact, what goes into each target is determined by which folder you put it in. So we have a folder structure that determines that, and we use Xcode Gen. So we don't um, we don't as such have a Moneywell Xcode project we uh, that's in the um, source repository because I always get conflicts with those anyway. Uh, so when you check out the latest version of something, you run Xcode Gen, and it generates an Xcode project for you based on a configuration file. And what it assigns to each target depends on which folder it's in. So we have common folders for Mac and common folders. We have common folders that something will end up in all four targets. And then we have common Mac folder, which means it ends up in both Mac targets and a common iOS folder, which ends up in both common targets and then specific folders for each of the targets. And depending on where you put stuff is, you know, the Xcode gen puts it into one or more more targets. But what we were discovering is sometimes you would do something and it would end up creating a warning in a different target because I had a different combination of things. And we weren't necessarily always picking it up because we weren't, didn't have the CI running. So I've been running, um, setting up our CI server again, Mac Mini in the office, uh, cutely named Johnny Five. Uh, not after you. Uh-huh. After Johnny I. Character. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, have you seen uh, the, the movie, um, Short Circuit? There we no. Are. Johnny Five takes our input. 
you should go watch that movie. It's a 1980s classic. Um, worth it just for the hairstyles, probably. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, we use Xcode Server uh, partly because uh, the whole Fastlane Jenkins things just seems so complicated, and I'm sure it's more flexible, and I'm sure it makes things work better, but it just like seems such a faff to set up and going, and it involves installing Java, which is never a good sign as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> particularly, particularly as it involves installing Java 8. Everything wants to work with Java 8, and Oracle have changed. Uh, you know, Java, I think, is on now 11 or 13, and Oracle have recently changed the licensing rules on Java 8, so you can't just download it. You have to sign up and sign a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm sure it's all very reasonable, but it's just like the whole thought. Um, I mean, if you've ever used an Oracle website for anything, it just makes you want to scream. Um, so we use Xcode um, server, all the Xcode bot stuff inside an Xcode running, but that only allows you to set up a um, uh, a build against a, um, a branch in a repository. Um, and we want to have the build go every time you create a pull request in GitHub as opposed to um, just when you merge into develop or, or master or whatever because it's a bit late by then. So used a little utility I found called um, GitHub Xcode or Xcode GitHub. I can't remember. I'll put a link in the show notes for it, uh, which basically you set up bots in Xcode um, server against your develop branch or your master branch, whatever it is, it then monitors GitHub and when it sees a pull request um, that's going to merge into that branch, it um, use, it automates talking to Xcode and takes a copy of your bots to create a new version of the bots that runs against the branch that you have just put up into, into GitHub and then runs it. Um, and that runs pretty well, um, but it didn't really... Um, it didn't really allow for the fact that you might have multiple bots against a certain against a, a, a repo. It just assumed if you had a repo, you would check out and um, uh, you know run run a bot. Whereas we actually have a bot set up for each target, <clears throat> so that we can do different run different tests, do different things um, in there. So, but the nice thing is this was uh, open source on GitHub, so um, spent some time. Um, uh, altering it to allow for multiple bots against um, a single repository, and that's sort of working now. It was nice. I spent a few hours working in Objective-C again, um, which I say my coding was slow, but I caught up with it in um, compile times. <laughs> so it probably even, <laughs> evened out about the same. <laughs> um, so that's good. I did, I think, make a mistake in how we updated the comments on pull requests in in there because um i put a pull request in last night just before i left the office and overnight i received 900 emails so <laughs> i um i think i have a bug there that needs to be fixed uh, but other than that it's uh, yeah it's it's working quite well so um uh now we have ci server in there we can see if there's you know we might not have warnings in the mac build but there are warnings now coming up in the ios build because um, even though we have a scheme uh, um, in in the project that will build all of them, you know, you know what developers like. We don't always run it or forget, so now, now we don't. So there we are. So we've had good progress, and we've got a CI server running again, and I've been writing Objective-C. That's my week. How has yours been? Well, Scotty, I was beginning to think that our fractional listener in the gym is just like just gained 10 pounds from inactivity. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've just seen how long we've been speaking. This is like a complete role reversal, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Well, you know, we're hunkered down just like every other Valley company. Uh, you know, Netflix has decided to recommend, and I think correctly so, that that anybody who can work from home should. Um, I went into the office yesterday. I, I didn't go on Monday. I did go yesterday because I had some, uh, you know, some test devices that I wanted to bring home, and because there was a, 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 a final bug bash for something that's going live next week. Um, and that if, since it was cross-platform, it really truly is a lot easier to to look at problems when you can sit right next to somebody. And so there were a couple of hardy souls that were in there, and, and we found and fixed some bugs in real time, which is good. Um, this is a, this is definitely a tricky project. I can talk more about it next week, um, hopefully because everything will launch smoothly, <laughs> or or I will not, or I will not announce it. <laughs> I'll, I'll pull an apple. It's like what? What? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've not been working on anything for the last I mean, three months. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, thank you for confirming what we've always known. <laughs> no, but uh uh but the yeah, so that's been that's been an interesting times, but I also uh, it was fun to 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 go see um what was his Sammy Squidbot. Anyway, um that was that was a good You've got Sammy. bots in there. This, 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 this is definitely the episode of bots with Sammy Squidbot. I know, yeah. Xcode bots. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it was genuinely nice. But um, it, without talking about my my fandom for 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 Wishbone Ash's drummer or my fan fandom for the, for the band itself, um, I was having a conversation and towards the very end saying, "Hey, had you ever thought about doing this?" And the this here is having multiple applications that because if they all belong to a, a kind of a a family of apps can be uh, can be organized that they can. Uh, have shared access to a file system, so therefore to a shared data store, and could that solve a business problem that I think many iOS developers have, which is, you know, unless you have a subscription service, you know, it's hard to, can, you know, make new money. You can't, you know, people tend not to, to, to offer brand new, you know, releases of iOS apps. I mean, this is a, a longstanding discussion, but a, a lot of people say, well, the obvious solution for that is to, to have in-app purchases which definitely is the case. But in this particular case, it was, you know, the Polynome app is, you know, started life, I think, essentially as, as a practice tool. Um, but then it, it's it's morphed, you know, as to a kind of an all-in-one tool for, for, for gigging musicians, particularly drummers, because it has special features, which I think are awesome for setting up a set list with, with count-off tempos. So you can be very precise about it, all sorts of things like that. Um, but, it, you know, Oftentimes, if you're playing a gig, if you're in the middle of, if you're in performance mode, you then maybe say, well, I now have to put my monolithic app into performance mode, whereas an alternative, it would be that you create a standalone app, which is for, for managing performances. And if it is launched, you know, if, if it knows that, that other apps in the same family from the same developer with the same identifier uh, exist, one app could launch another one with, with a, a specific URL. So this is just something that I thought about a million times ago, and maybe that's too simplistic, and maybe there's something I'm missing. But I, I was wondering, since you have these multiple versions of MoneyWell, you have kind of a MoneyWell Express on iPhone. Fuck, why am I talking about MoneyWell? But you have this like you know little on-the-go app, which is to to mostly read, as you said, but you can add some stuff to it, and then you even have a whole iPad app. Had you ever thought? or ever heard of people doing something like what I've described, where you have a family of apps where you can have discrete things so that 
if if somebody buys the deluxe package, they may be purchasing two, three, four discrete pieces of software from you, um, and each of which can be kind of upgraded or 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 versioned, and and you can ask for money from customers more often than you might have otherwise been able to do. How do you think about that? I'm sure there are people who do that. Um, I think one of the justifications for subscriptions over the last couple of years that have been used by some is to say, look, if you subscribe, you just get to use all our apps. Right. Um, but that tends to be all our apps as in the iOS version, the watch version, the Mac version of the same app, not right. necessarily from a suite. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody who does a suite where if you do one, you get you. I mean, there's lots of people who have multiple apps and I'm sure those apps have shared things and they can share between them and interact with each other. Um, but I can't think of any off the, 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 the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I would say if you are, if you're an iOS, particularly an iOS developer, um, developing, um, uh, apps with, without in-app purchases in them or subscri- that's not subscription based, uh, then you want to keep your apps as single function as you can and then write, write six apps with one function as opposed to one app with six functions because then you have six income streams and obviously then with, through whatever way that is, whether it comes through having all part of the same app group or, or whatever else, have them interact with each other very well. I guess the issue there is um, switching apps on a mobile device that are related to each other might be seen as a complete pain in the backside and not a great user experience, but I guess mm. that depends on the app. Um, but yeah, I would say from a revenue point of view, uh, six apps, you know, you're more likely to be able to sell six apps at five bucks each than, than one app at 30 bucks. Right. Um, uh, and, and equally, um, you're not going to be able to bring out a new version of an app um, every, every every year that people pay for again because they don't like that. Whereas if you have six apps, you could bring out uh, a new version of each app every two or three years, but you'd be getting, um, you know, you would be creating new income streams or upgrade income streams every year through at least one of those apps, if not two of them, um, in a different way that was maybe perceived differently because it had been a, a long time. Although iOS users don't like it when you recharge for something full stop, which is why everyone's going to subscriptions, because even though people hate subscriptions, once they're on it and they use the app, you get rid of all of that moaning. Um, a friend of ours moved his app from in-app purchases and one-off payment um, with upgrades to subscription. And he said the first year um, was absolutely horrendous, um, just dealing with the really, really nasty support messages and the nasty things people said. He did find it really quite hard to cope with. He became quite you know, upset by it all. Um, I think, but once you got through the one year and it was out of the system and it was now coming round to everyone who was going to just not do it, was no longer doing it, and the people who were going to do it were now doing it, it was a far better way of doing things. <laughs> um, hmm. But it is, yeah, it is tough and people can be very nasty. But so, not us, not us. We're, we're not nasty. We are never nasty. And, never nasty. And I'm, and not, I'm not even nasty to you anymore. I, well, I, I, and, this is, 
and might I point out, dear fractional listener, that we don't play any games. Like, if if you listen to iDeveloper, you get both Scotty and me and the dog and various kind of, you know, guests of, of, of the show and whatnot. We don't try and separate it out and say, you know, would you like to upgrade to Scotty? Or would you like to downgrade and remove John? Oh, I haven't I told you about the in-app purchase to get an alternative co-host to you. <laughs> It's a very popular. <laughs> but, John, I'm sure people would want to tell you that that is just not true and that they they love you and that you are the highlight of this entire show and, and they want to just, as it blow smoke up your ass, as you say. So where should they go to do that? I, I don't know. To, no, you can find me on the Internet, <laughs> on Twitter, where I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E. And if you want to just, you know, make every day that ends with why shit all over Scotty Day, <laughs> where where might that take place? You could do that on Twitter as well, because we don't want too nice of things going on on Twitter, do we, with all the love going to you? So on Twitter is MacDevNet. And of course, they can send us both long, long, long emails at uh, feedback at iDeveloper.co. Well, John, I would never accept another co-host other than yourself. You are the perfect co-host. Thank you, Scotty. I don't know. I was going to try and think of some great uh, double act of which we could could relate ourselves to, but nothing nothing came to mind immediately <laughs> where I could find comparisons for the both of us. Well, there's got to be some cheesy lounge act in, in, in Las Vegas or something. It's like, and putting the hoe back into co-host, Steve <laughs> Scotty Scott. <laughs> so, <laughs> There has to be the title. (laughs) (laughs) Putting a hoe into (laughs) co-host. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. I thought we were doing quite well till the end there, and it's all just fallen apart as usual. (laughs) You expect nothing less. So thanks for listening, and until next time, you take care. Thank you.